There was a knock one morning, a man was standing at my door. He said, hello, I'm from Halliburton, have you heard of us before? We'd like to lease your backyard to drill for natural gas. It's called hydraulic fracturing, and it is the very past for a clean energy future above the Marcellus Stone. Plus, we'll give you lots of money and a new mobile phone. I said, you are a corporate crook. I don't believe the things you tell, and you can drive right off my property and then go straight to hell. No fracking way. No fracking way. Corporate salesmen, whatever they may say, no fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way. Welcome to Frack You Very Much, a fracking terrible podcast. That was an excerpt from the song No Fracking Way by David Rovex that you can find on the album Big Red Sessions. You can reach out to Frack You Very Much at fyvmshow at gmail.com or go to frackyouverymuch.com to check out all the back episodes. You can also follow on Twitter, fyvmshow. First up is a story by Jessica Corbett from commondreams.org. On the eve of the recent global climate strike, and just days before a major United Nations climate summit, more than 450 environmental activists and organizations sent an open letter to UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, urging him to support a global ban on fracking for fossil fuels, highlighting growing concerns about public health and the climate emergency. Quote, as you are aware, man-made climate change is the biggest and most comprehensive existential threat humanity has ever faced apart from a nuclear war, the letter reads. However, at a time when global forces must be combined to combat the foreseeable and enfolding mass extinction of our planet, the oil and gas industry, backed by many irresponsible governments, bets on a fossil fuels extraction technique that will destroy the joint forces of humanity. Hydraulic fracturing, better known as fracking, organized by the U.S. advocacy group Food and Water Action, its European arm Food and Water Europe, and Pennsylvania-based air quality group the, the Breathe Project, the letter lays out the oil and gas industry's contributions to methane emissions how hydraulic fracturing supports the plastics industry and the environmental health and human rights implications of fracking. Letter signatory Robert Howarth, a Cornell University professor of ecology and environmental biology, whose research on methane leaks has exposed climate impacts of fracking, explained Thursday that, quote, over the past decade, Methane levels have been rising rapidly in the atmosphere, contributing significantly to the unprecedented global climate disruption seen in recent years. Over 60% of the increased global methane emissions are from the oil and gas industry, and shale gas development in North America is responsible for one-third of the increased emissions from all sources, Howarth said in a statement. Fracking for shale gas is a climate disaster. 
As actress and UN human rights champion Amber Heard put it, quote, every well and every pipeline adds more methane and carbon dioxide to the atmosphere and pushes us closer to the edge of the climate cliff. The science demands and our children demand a global ban on fracking. Biologist Sandra Steingraber, a longtime critic of fracking, pointed out that, quote, a decade ago, when there were only nine scientific studies on the impacts of fracking, some political leaders suggested that fracking might serve as a bridge to a stable climate. Now there are 1,800 studies, and the science is clear. Fracking is making the climate crisis worse said Steingraber. Fracking is destroying drinking water and undermining human rights around the world. Fracking is harming health through toxic air pollution and supporting a polluting plastics industry that is killing our oceans. Our planet is on fire, but fracking is not an evacuation bridge nor a fire extinguisher. Fracking is an arsonist that needs to be stopped everywhere and right now. Concerned health professionals of New York, which Steingraber co-founded, and Physicians for Social Responsibility in June published a comprehensive an analysis of nearly 1,500 scientific government and media reports dealing with the various health and climate consequences of fracking. The analysis noted with alarm that U.S. oil and gas production, backed by President Donald Trump's administration, quote, has spurred a massive build-out of fracking infrastructure. Without increased public opposition and government regulation, that build-out is only expected to continue throughout the United States. A first-of-its-kind report released in June by Food and Water Watch showcased more than 700 recently built or proposed facilities across three industries that benefit from and help, the, help fuel the U.S. fracking boom the petrochemical and plastics industries, gas exporters building liquefied nat natural gas terminals, and natural gas-fired power plants. Winona Howder, founder and executive director of Food and Water Watch, Food and Water Action, and Food and Water Europe, noted in a statement Thursday that U.S. opponents of fracking have had some success in reining in related industries. Quote, in more than a decade of fighting fracking in the U.S., we've banned it in multiple states and made great progress elevating the issue globally, but there is much more work to do. The fracking surge in the U.S. has been a boon for the polluting petrochemical industry, which turns fracked gas into plastics. Our planet and our oceans are drowning in plastic and fracking companies are profiting, Howder added. This needs to stop once and for all. We need a global ban on fracking. The letter to Guterres marks, makes the case that, quote, directly affected regions and communities all over the world rely on a strong and bold public position of the United Nations on this significant and existential issue. Signatories call on the UN chief, quote, to accept this climate champion role and vocally support a worldwide fracking ban. Groups backing the letter include the Break Free from Plastic Movement, Friends of the Earth, Oil Change International, Greenpeace Australia Pacific, Alianza Mexicana contra el Fracking, 
Support Center for Land Change South Africa, and Some of Us, that is S-U-M. Individuals include activists Karina Gore, Naomi Klein, and Bill McKibben, human rights attorney Jennifer Robinson, children's singer Rafi, fashion icons Vivienne Westwood and Joe Carre, and actors Emma Thompson and Mark Ruffalo. Quote, the climate emergency is a casting call for heroes, and we need everyone to show up, said Ruffalo. Step one is to stand up and say loudly and clearly that there is no place for fracking on a climate-destabilized planet. Next up is a piece from clevescene.com, that's C-L-E-V-E-S-C-E-N-E, Com, written by Mary Kuhlman, part of Ohio News Service. Report, Secret Fracking Chemicals, a Concern for Ohio. Troubling information has been uncovered about the use of so-called classified chemicals in fracking operations in Ohio. Using mapping and data analysis by Frack Tracker Alliance, new research from the Partnership for Policy Integrity shows the oil and gas industry injected potentially toxic chemicals more than 11,000 times into roughly 1,400 fracking wells between 2013 and 2018. Report author Dusty Horwitt, senior counsel at the partnership, said there's cause for concern. Quote, EPA regulators have found that many secret chemicals have health risks, Hor Horwitt said, and there are multiple potential pathways of exposure, including leaks and spills, underground migration, also road spreading of these chemicals. Ohio law allows well owners to conceal chemical formulas as trade secrets, which Sil Silverio Caggiano, battalion chief at the Youngstown Fire Department, said ties the hands of first responders who need to act fast in a spill or explosion. Quote, we depend upon being able to quantify and qualify the product that we're dealing with so we know how to mitigate it, Caggiano said. If I don't know what it is, I can't identify its physical properties and how I'm going to take care of it or how to protect people. Under the Federal Toxic Substances Control Act, first responders can request trade secret chemical identities in emergencies in a written statement. But Caggiano argued by the time such a request is answered and approved, it is typically too late. The industry has claimed trade secret provisions prevent competitors from stealing their formulas. Horwitt countered there is a way for companies to protect the chemical information without keeping the public in the dark. Quote, Drilling companies can make their chemical identities available to the public in a random list so that their competitors would not be able to reverse engineer that list of chemicals into the products that they're putting into their wells, Horwitz said. Caggiano said he isn't opposed to fracking but feels the industry is being given a free pass. Long after these companies have grabbed their money and went back to wherever they came from, the body count is going to start. Farmer Jim is going to have problems. He's going to have leukemia. 
His wife's going to have breast cancer. Their daughter is going to give birth to a kid that may have a birth defect, Caggiano said. And these companies are going to be long gone, and we're going to be stuck with the problems. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, chemicals used in fracking can cause irritation to skin and lungs and can be toxic to nerves, organs, and human development. Next up, a piece from Reuters.com. Colombian fracking moratorium does not block, quote, investigative projects. Colombia's top administrative court on Tuesday clarified that a moratorium on fracking it upheld last week does not prevent, quote, invest investigative pilot projects, surprising both oil companies and environmental activists. Magistrates from the Council of State, which rules on administrative matters, had maintained a temporary moratorium on the use of hydraulic fracturing, known as fracking, amid ongoing arguments in a wider case about the technique. Quote, the court advises that the reach of this decision does not impede the development of comprehensive investigative pilot projects made by the expert commission convened by the national government. The council's president, Lucy Bermudez, said in a statement. An expert commission in February recommended that three pilot projects be strictly monitored before the country decides whether non-conventional techniques for extracting oil and gas can be widely used. Regulations for development of non-conventional deposits were suspended in Colombia late last year as part of the lawsuit filed against the Energy Ministry by an environmental lawyer. State-run oil company Ecopetrol, which is a co-defendant in the suit and had asked the court to lift the suspension, saw its request to start a pilot project paused in July, pending the court's decision. The company has said it is looking to spend $500 million on exploring unconventional deposits over the next three years. Ecopetrol said it was continuing basic preparations and community contact as the expert commission recommended. Any projects will probably take months to begin. Industry groups last week expressed disappointment in the decision to uphold the moratorium with the Columbia Petroleum Association warning it could affect investor confidence and put Columbia's fiscal sustainability at risk. Anti-fracking group Alliance for a Columbia Free of Fracking had hailed the ruling. A representative from the Alliance said Tuesday that fracking would not be allowed because of the lack of regulations. The Energy Ministry, which has said fracking could nearly triple the country's oil and gas reserves, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Although there is no law against fracking, which breaks up rock formations with pressurized liquid, and is not yet widely used in Colombia, the government says regulations are needed. Fracking is credited for booming oil and gas production in the United States, but environmentalists have blamed it for water pollution and earthquakes. And next is a piece from Bakersfield.com written by John Cox. The administration 
of Governor Gavin Newsom has imposed a de facto moratorium on hydraulic fracturing while it studies permitting procedures for the politically controversial oil well completion technique, better known as fracking. State records show not one frack job has been approved in California since June 28, about two weeks before Newsom ordered the state's top oil regulator fired. The dismissal was carried out partly because of a spike in fracking permits during the first half of the year, when approvals were coming at an average of about 35 per month. The indefinite halt to fracking permitting, which impacts Kern County far more than anywhere else in the state, is not altogether surprising in the light of Newsom's stated concerns about fracking and increased pressure by environmental activists to end the practice and in-state oil production itself. Even so, the unannounced moratorium renews regulatory uncertainties thought to have been resolved when state lawmakers voted in 2014 to put in place California's first rules governing fracking. Fracking injects sand, water, and small concentrations of sometimes toxic chemicals deep underground at high pressure to open petroleum deposits. It has been done in California for at least five decades, mostly in Kern, the heart of West Coast oil production. Environmentalists contend the practice risks harming groundwater and air quality. Industry groups insist there is no evidence of environmental damage from fracking in California, where unique geology means the practice uses less water and energy than it does in the Midwest, South, and East Coast. Records show all 213 frack jobs approved between January 1 and June 28 were to take place in Western Kern. Those permits were given to just three companies. Bakersfield-based Era, Era Energy, LLC, 163 permits. Bakersfield-based Berry Petroleum Company, LLC, 41 permits. And Chatsworth-based California Resources Corp., nine permits. Their combined total is roughly the same number of frack jobs approved during all of 2018. Industry officials say the sharp increase in the pace of permitting during the first half of this year results from the resolution of a bottleneck in the state approval process. There was no word when permitting of frack jobs would resume. Newsom's office did not respond to a request for comment, but Lisa Lean Mager, Deputy Secretary for Communications at the California Natural Resources Agency said by email that the halt in permitting of frack jobs is temporary. Quote, The administration has been working to develop a thorough understanding of the permit approval process to ensure all permits meet regulatory requirements. That accounts for what's been happening for the past couple of months, she wrote. The interruption has come five years after state lawmakers and former Governor Jerry Brown put into place a series of new rules believed to be the strictest fracking regulations in the nation, if not the world. They include groundwater and seismic monitoring requirements, as well as rules on well casing intended to ensure the process does not pollute groundwater. In mid-July, Newsom ordered the firing of state oil and gas supervisor Ken Harris, a Brown administration holdover who had run the Division of Oil, Gas, and Geothermal Resources. 
At the time, Newsom expressed two concerns about the way DOGGR was operating. An increase in fracking since January, in which the governor said he had been unaware of, and revelations that senior agency officials owned stock in the oil companies they were regulating. Quote, The governor has long held concerns about fracking and its impacts on Californians and our environment, and knows that ultimately California and our global partners will need to transition away from oil and gas extraction, Newsom Chief of Staff Ann O'Leary wrote in a letter ordering Harris's dismissal. In a September 6 interview with the Californian, Wade Crowfoot, Secretary of the State Natural Resources Agency, said officials there had recently stepped back to understanding how fracking permits are granted. Quote, that may have created some slowdown in permit approvals, Crowfoot said. He said oil industry people he had spoken with about the slowdown expressed support for the agency's review, saying they wanted the permitting process to be above reproach. One of the environmental groups whose research on DOGGR employees' stock holdings and permitting spike prompted Harris's dismissal, applauded the halt to permitting. Quote, it might signal that the governor is serious about beginning the long overdue just transition away from dirty fossil fuels towards a safer and healthier future, Holland Kretzman, a lawyer for the Arizona-based Center for Biological Diversity, said by email. And finally, from truthout.org, here is a piece written by Winona Howder titled, Fracking Has No Place in a Livable Future. A railroad company wouldn't spend buckets of money to lay down hundreds of miles of fresh track if it knew that train travel would become obsolete a few years later. Nor would a fisherman purchase a brand new boat if he knew the sea was almost out of fish. Big investments are made with the anticipation of capitalizing on the expenditures for years to come. And so it is with the fossil fuel industry. As it currently seeks to frack new oil and gas fields, construct new pipelines to transport the bounty, and develop new markets to sell its product for the decades needed, to recoup investment and turn a profit. Yet we know, because science has confirmed it, that we have only 10 to 12 years in which to nearly eliminate greenhouse gas emissions in order to avoid the most catastrophic effects of climate change. This requires an aggressive transformation of our society, a rapid transition to clean, renewable energy sources and a quick dismissal of fossil fuels. So what are the industry pushed to invest billions for new fossil fuel infrastructure that would tether us to oil and gas for decades more? It must be stopped cold. The most effective expedient way to achieve this is by cutting off the industry at its source, by banning fracking. More than 80% of natural gas and nearly 60% of oil produced in the U.S. is derived from fracking, the extreme drilling and extraction method 
that entails blasting millions of gallons of water, sand, and highly toxic chemicals underground at immense pressure to break up rock and release fossil fuels to the surface. Hundreds of scientific studies have connected fracking to air and water contamination and severe human health effects where it occurs. Among the dozens of chemicals used in fracking fluid cocktails are known carcinogens and endocrine disruptors. In New York and Maryland, states where fracking was imminently feasible, respective governors from both political parties that banned the practice specifically cited the risks to water and public health in justifying those statewide bans. The immediate health threat from fracking should be reason enough to ban it everywhere. But as we know from ever hotter summers, ever higher seas, ever stronger hurricanes, and always burning wildfires, there is so much more to the story now. Fracked natural gas is often touted by fossil fuel apologists, including Democrats like former Vice President Joe Biden, as a quote, bridge fuel, purportedly carrying us sensibly toward a renewable energy future. In fact, it is a bridge to climate destruction. Methane, the primary component of natural gas, is 80 times more potent a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide over a 20-year period. Even conservative estimates from industry-aligned organizations indicate that methane leakage rates throughout throughout existing fracking operations completely nullify any purported climate benefits of utilizing gas over oil or coal. Needless to say, continuing to frack at the current pace would doom our planet to a future of grim climate chaos. But the current pace isn't even our greatest concern. At a time we should be shutting down existing wells and pipelines, the industry seeks to build scores of new ones. A report from Food and Water Action found that more than 700 fracked gas infrastructure projects, including gas-fired power plants, petrochemical plastics facilities, and liquid natural gas export terminals, have been recently built or proposed for development in the U.S. The plastics industry enabled by a glut of inexpensive fracked gas is projected to add 28 million tons of plastic production in this decade, with more than $202 billion slated for investment in 333 new or expanded facilities. This investment is expected to drive a 40% increase in global plastic production over the next decade. The electric power industry plans to develop 364 new fracked gas-fired plants by 2022. Already, gas deliveries to power plants increased 57% between 2006 and 2017. Fracking companies are pushing LNG exports in order to reduce local gas supply, thereby increasing domestic prices and profit. In 2018, there were only three active LNG export facilities in the U.S., but 22 more were either being built or approved for construction, and an additional 22 were pending federal review by the end of the year. Taken together, these projects are a means of creating artificial demand to justify the continued extraction 
of an earth-strangling substance. Even a portion of these projects come to, if even a portion of these projects come to fruition, it could spell doom for the planet. Even in New York, Maryland, and other states where fracking itself has been banned, these infrastructure projects, fueled by fracked gas that is piped or trucked in from out of state, are part of the problem. Only a full national halt on fracking will quell this storm. But there is hope. The movement to ban fracking everywhere is stronger than it's ever been, thanks in no small part to the disastrous climate and energy policies of the Trump administration and the righteously strong backlash they have sparked. In particular, a number of leading Democratic presidential candidates have taken up the ban fracking cause and forced the issue into the realm of mainstream political news coverage and commentary. Senators Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren all support banning fracking everywhere. The only Senator Sanders has articulated this in a written, published climate energy plan. Additionally, Harris and Sanders would halt all new fossil fuel infrastructure. Sanders would ban fossil fuel exports as well. And just this month, Senator Sanders took his commitment to fight the oil and gas industry a big step further. He was the first to sign a pledge issued by Food and Water Action, calling on the presidential candidates, if elected, to only appoint individuals to environmental, energy, foreign policy, and national security positions that oppose all fracking and new fossil fuel development. This pledge is the deepest commitment yet made by a candidate to close the door on fracking and fossil fuels in a new administration. A robust, aggressive debate about fracking and fossil fuels among the presidential candidates has come at an urgent time for our country and our planet. After all, we have only a decade or so to turn the tide on deepening environmental and climate disaster. Doing so will require an abrupt shift in how we power our lives. The simplest way to instigate this shift is by closing the spigot on oil and gas and halting the industry push for ever wider networks of profit-driven fossil fuel infrastructure. We must work for a ban on fracking everywhere. It's time to fight like we live here because this is the only planet we've got. And that'll wrap up this episode of Frack You Very Much. Remember, you can email me at fyvmshow at gmail.com. Follow on Twitter, fyvmshow. Or go to frackyouverymuch.com for all the back episodes and links to make a donation to keep this podcast free and independent. Here is Chris Miranda off the album, Buy This Fracking Album. This is Hydro Fracking Clowns. Thanks for listening. I'm sick of sharing all my resources with you Your chemicals are in my skin You're making me so blue Your antics set me off Your unamusing, overloaded anti-sense Yeah, if I catch you pouring toxins down my dream You'll feel the meaning of intense 
I think 